I'm going to send you guys a picture from last night. Um, my friend lives in it, just like a, a development. Oh. What's up? Is it, did I hear something? No, I, I just, I love pictures on our audio only podcast. I know. <laughs> my favorite thing to do is to, is to make sure that there is more homework for us to do when we post the podcast. <laughs> Uh, what we're seeing in the picture right now is the picture of a deck and it's from a Facebook page and it says, damn, he's back. And it's just a picture of a raccoon next to a knocked over umbrella. No, Paul, that's <laughs> one reading of, of the text. You could just do, damn, he's back. Damn, he's that's true. That's very true. <laughs> it's more like the McRib is back. Like, let's all be happy. The time of year has come. Damn, he is back. Damn, he's back. The raccoon has come to knock up your, your patio. He has risen. <laughs> I, I don't know if we talked about this podcast before, but if you guys, uh, there's some YouTube channel. I, I, I think it's probably healthy to, not a, not an obsession he has, but it's just some like old, old dude who like feeds hot dogs yes. to raccoons. Yes, I've seen that. Like he goes out on his patio at night. He's in the, you, there's no, there's no light. So you just see like he's in a void. He might as well be in any part of America and he just sits on his patio and he cracks open a big tub of like a presumably cooked hot dogs. Maybe they're cold. And like 30 to 40 raccoons will just come out and swarm him. And he's like, take your t- one at a time. Oh, and he just feeds them all hot dogs. It's joyous. Specifically hot dogs? Oh, yeah. It seems to be that, yeah, the meat tubes are the preferred raccoon feeding uh, technique. And I don't know. I think... Maybe there's some nature conservationists that are like, that's not healthy for raccoons. I think it looks like a real delight. Chad, it's not healthy for us either, but we still do it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I just kind of want to like, I'm trying to strive to that version of like being a Disney princess, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. where you go out (laughs) and animals are just your friends, but this is just like, you know, a certain type and they'll just be your friend they should make a disney princess that feeds hot dogs to raccoons <laughs> i'd love to see that woven into a, a fairy tale uh, yeah let's see how what is what it, like what, what themes do you think that fits with gluttony <laughs> gluttony great that's a- gluttony. i was thinking like helping the helping the lower class i think of them as raccoons but just like that's what she is doing she's like no but they're good people and then her dad's like i hunt raccoons i hate them all I'm hearing is there are tons of great themes that fit into this Disney movie. <laughs> Should be made. I, I was thinking maybe like the raccoons unionize and like and okay. like they start off with like peanuts or something like that, and then they're like, we've decided to organize and you know we're gonna use our collective bargaining power to get hot dogs now. <laughs> <laughs> we are we have officially formed a mob of twenty five parentheses twenty five <laughs> raccoons, and we are here for our hot dogs. What do you call a collective raccoons? You know, there's like a murder of crows. Let's what are, say what are a group of raccoons? I'm gonna. Called. I'll Google it right now. Since raccoons are kind of bandits, I'm gonna guess it's called like a bank heist. Okay, a heist a worth heist. of a heist, a heist worth a heist, a heist of raccoons. Yeah. All right, uh, Ian, what is your guess? Uh, it's gotta be like a a dumpster of raccoons. <laughs> dumpster, a heist, a dumpster. Okay, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. It's a throng. A throng, a throng of raccoons. <laughs> a heist, a dumpster, or a throng. That's the game master in you coming out saying a throng yeah. of raccoons. Roll yeah. initiative. I hate to break it to all of you, but it's a damn he's back is a group of raccoons. <laughs> oh, I was going to guess that. <laughs> so close. It's actually a nursery. It's called a nursery of raccoons. Aww. Well, that's cute. That's cute. That is cute. So very sweet. You were all, you were all, I thought all yours were pretty good though. I, I feel like raccoons are the closest we're going to get to real life goblins. Yes. Like I'm not saying goblins are fake. Quicksand's fake, but like I'm, I'm not saying goblins <laughs> are fake, but like, 
But as far as like what our uh, non-magical eyes can see, raccoons mm-hmm. are probably it for us. As far as like small, small fairy folk. Sure, sure. So like, and also in terms of the way there's prejudice against raccoons, but that is not fair. And there are people who can see the good in goblins. Right. Uh, <laughs> they might see the good in raccoons. I can go on board that. They're uh, creatures we leave food out for in hopes that they will do good for us, and they don't. So they are fair. <laughs> they never do. They never do. They're fey. I don't think I've ever left food out for a raccoon before. Is that what you guys are doing? Uh, anytime you leave anything slightly edible outside, you're leaving it out for raccoons. That's fair. Do you have plants around your house? You know, like like shrubs and stuff or flowers. Yeah, I got shrubs. Then you you're leaving food out for raccoons, baby. Oh, so they're gonna come eat my plants too? They'll eat them. Uh, we have uh, we have plants, and they leave all they leave us are the the shredded roots remains of what they've not eaten. So <laughs> we're leaving food out for them all the time. And trash. Trash is also food for them. Yeah, I get one of them deer scares, Paul. Like uh, the thing that goes doink in the anime. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> the thing that goes <laughs> doink in the anime. <laughs> you know, what? the thing that goes doink. What is that? Great mean? description. Paul knows what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the thing that goes doink. Yeah, it does go doink <laughs> in the anime. It's true. Yeah. What, in Fruits Basket? What's going on? I don't understand. It's in every anime. It goes, it goes like this. Chad, it goes. Oh, the wooden, <laughs> the wooden, thi- the wooden water thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that goes dunk. The goes dunk. <laughs> I, I was I was talking to the girlfriend Heidi about like just usable sounds in anime, and because we've been watching through Evangelion. Oh yeah, uh, which is a hoot. Wacky uh, stuff. Poor Shinji. He's so he's so sad, and like <laughs> multiple times in Evangelion, the, the, what we refer to as Sega Genesis Evangelical. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's that sound of crickets, cicadas, cicadas. There's a certain cadence of the a cadence of cicadas, and I swear that is in every fucking anime. That exact sound. <laughs> so I live in in the Philadelphia region, and we have a very similar climate to Japan, and we have cicadas. So during the summer, every time there's summer, there are cicadas, and you hear that that noise, like or like whatever noises they're making. That one was ter- a terrible cicada noise. Kevin, uh, editor Kevin, <laughs> sort it out, please, and put in a real cicada noise. Yeah, I got you, man. I got you. Fun thing that I hadn't noticed about, because we just watched Evangelion recently, it's always summer, and that's why there's always cicadas. Like, after the impact, the, uh, the whole world has been permanently uh, summarized. Oh, shit, that's deep. Yeah. That's messed up. Makes me sad. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. It just feels like the anime equivalent of, like, the Wilhelm scream or something. Just this kind of, like... It was put in the the most definitive anime of the eighties yep. or nineties, and then and then every anime is like, we got to put the cicadas in. Uh, if, there's, if there's a quiet moment before some sadness, you got to put some cicadas. It's been codified. I, I think the Pokemon Hills are the Wilhelm scream of anime because in like almost every anime, there's like that kind of like green hilly but like mountainous background that was like everywhere in the in like the Pokemon anime, mm. and like if you look really close. I swear they reuse backgrounds of that anime all the time. It's like the Akira bike turn, right? It's like yeah. people just oh, trace sure. that. Yeah, I got you. I'm familiar with some of these anime. Uh, <laughs> not not all of well, them. Well, Ian, Ian, you know, <laughs> so that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I do know. <laughs> as long as you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we're here with a friend. Uh, well, actually, let's just introduce what the hell's going on. This is Goosebuds. I'm Paul. I'm Chad. I'm Kevin. <laughs> And we have a, a beautiful special guest with us today. Hey, guys. I'm Ian. Wow. <laughs> Ian's here. That's my intro. <laughs> Ian is here. Ian is our friend. You might know Ian from the YouTube Brutal Moose, the Twitches, 
Brutal Moose. Is it just Brutal Moose on Twitch or is there yep. an addendum? There's no addendum. Everything Brutal Moose. Everything. I'm unoriginal. No, that's it's great branding is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, that's what it is. I'm great at branding. You're great at branding. <laughs> Ian, I never asked you, where does the name Brutal Moose come from? Uh, nowhere. I made it as a uh, a username for Call of Duty way back when, and it just <laughs> stuck around. I like it. I like it. It's scary because mooses are huge, and a brutal one would absolutely demolish you. See, I don't care about mooses, though. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I don't have any attachment to the name outside of using it as a name. That's a that's a huge blow for our moose listeners. It's true. <laughs> all, all all ten of our Canadian listeners who are like really excited about presentation going on. Nope, suck it, Canada. <laughs> I'd say Ian. Actually, though, you're if when I think of you, I don't think about mooses. I'll be honest. I think about uh, you have been doing some uh, great parallel. Uh, videos for years covering things from our childhood. I yeah. think if, tell me if you think I'm, that's an unfair estimation to say like you cover nostalgia in a really fun way. Everything from like pajama Sam games to classic like TV dinners on brutal foods. I, I feel like you do goosebumps adjacent stuff. Yeah, I'm constantly stuck in the past a little bit. That I think that's a fair assessment. <laughs> As we all are. I never read Goosebumps, though. I, I wasn't allowed. I, anything spooky, really, was not allowed in my mm. house. The closest mm. I got was Animorphs. This kind of what reading this remind me of. Did you, What did you think of yeah. Animorphs? Did you like them? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I liked Animorphs. I read them more because I had to do Accelerated Reader and, and get points for certain books, and those were mm-hmm. the easiest books that I could read mm-hmm. and Smart. get points for. Smart. Uh, but it was still pretty cool. Damn, I had Accelerated Reader, and I didn't think I could get points for Animorphs. What was wrong with my librarian that was, like, keeping that off the system? Because I'm, I'm jealous. They were probably rightfully so saying... Uh, it's, they're too easy. They were very easy <laughs> books by the time I was actually reading them. We just covered uh, Animorphs recently on, we read the one where they time travel back and decide whether or not to kill Hitler, uh, which is a fun one. What did they choose? Oh, I can't say. I remember that. Yeah, did the, what did they choose? Hitler kind of gets killed by accident after they argue about killing Hitler forever because yeah. they altered the timeline so much that he wasn't like... He wasn't, like, history's Hitler. He was just some guy named Hitler who probably sucked. I believe, like, Tobias has a knife to his thro- to Hitler's throat. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, in the, in the... So they're gonna do it, but then the brouhaha, like, it's kind of an accidental, like, slip of the wrist. So maybe, like, involuntary manslaughter of Hitler at most? Did that, that one make it into the TV show? No. The Nickelodeon TV show? <laughs> it sadly did not. That, bl- uh, that famously bloody and gory TV show? Yeah. <laughs> My only, like, uh, Animorphs knowledge came from the first episode of that TV show, and I was expecting when I read the book a lot more of people itching behind their knee with their foot right, to show that they're aliens, but that never came up, so my one <laughs> bit of Animorphs knowledge was useless. Kay Applegate's putting out, like, they're doing a new graphic novel release of Animorphs because I, I follow all of that, and it's like, it looks really charming, but also it's very young looking, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, you need to be able to draw like gut spilling out like a hork <laughs> just like eviscerating someone that's important. i was just talking about this i feel like if they were to bring because they've teased a movie you know there's yeah. al- always a rumor of it coming back as a movie but i think you have to do it as a more adult thing because it's so mm-hmm. messed up it can't be a, a kid's thing i want to see you two get a pitch bible together for this adult version and i want to see what it looks like there's gonna be a lot of viscera i believe yeah 
Lots of gore, everybody dies. If you just say, like, it's going to be like Game of Thrones, executives love it. If you just say Game of Thrones now, it's a hot thing to, to pitch. That gets people. you in the door, okay. And then, like, multiple Hitler deaths as well. Yeah. <laughs> Every episode, you <laughs> find a way for them to go and just kill Hitler again. Gore <laughs> everywhere, Hitler's always dying. And it's Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's, well, that's in the title sequence at the very least, right? When you show, like... Little moments from the series that yeah. kind of spoil what's going to happen. It's always at least a shot of just like Hitler's throat getting ripped out. <laughs> well, what was the ramifications for the timeline in the Animorphs book where they actually take him out? Like, does it change anything? No, no. <laughs> no, it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. It does start with like a man in the high castle kind of like, oh, we're already, timeline's already been fucked and now they restore it. But yeah, mm. killing Hitler doesn't actually do do as much as you'd think well, good to know well that's accidentally killing hitler the intent needs to be there and that was their problem yeah you gotta mean it they just didn't want it enough time consents when you want it <laughs> i gotta I, I feel like this is a thing we do on the podcast sometimes we're like we'd rather talk about anything else than this terrible goosebumps book that we read <laughs> no chad don't do it don't bring us into it well you you guys really liked the first Horrorland, and today we're reading return to Horrorland, part of the yeah. goosebumps 2000 series mm-hmm. uh, by rl stein see i'm now i'm stalling beautiful uh, yeah, yeah what is could you explain what series 2000 is because i i got the actual book and i was very confused about why it even said series series 2000 on it you didn't sense the 2000-ness about it or... <laughs> so is that that's just what it is is that it took place past the year 2000 basically it's, it's saved by the bell of the new class i guess i don't know like it's just, not even that because that was a sequential story like it's just a new branding after the original uh 62 books yeah it takes place in the millennium so okay that makes more sense because on the book it says number 13 and i was like surely this is further in but this is a second it's like a refresh it, of the whole yeah, Goosebumps. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it, it, including some return. I mean, this is the. There's a couple like uh, we were going to acknowledge the original Goosebumps line, mm-hmm. and also far ahead of us down in 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 Phase Four that hasn't happened yet is there is a Goosebumps Horrorland series, mm-hmm. but it seems to be the same thing of like loosely connected to Horrorland. Sometimes just Slappy shows up. Uh, okay. Here's a f- here's a fun fact about the Goosebumps series 2000 books. Only one book was released in the year 2000, and it was the last book in January of 2000. So I think they had a doomsday plan in place. They were like, <laughs> they were like, this is gonna, the world is going to end, and they got to January, and they were like, shit, it didn't end, and then they had to just end. They had to close. They had to close down the series. The editors are asking, like, RL for, like, hey, so what about your deadline on this? Is like, well, uh, why don't you check the Mayan calendar? And it's going to tell you that it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, if if RL was really believing that Y2K was going to end everything, he would schedule a bunch of books past that point and be paid in advance. And that would be his big grift. Damn, that's true. Oh, yeah, pay me in advance. <laughs> like in this book, how the kids get paid in advance, which I thought was a very bold move on the antagonist's part. Wait, did they even get paid? Did they the, get paid? Yeah, the they, kids don't get paid. The parents Yeah, the kids paid. don't get anything. Yeah, the yeah. parents, the, but they do get, the parents do get paid ahead of time. How much would it take for you guys to, like, sell your children out for a couple days? Would it be a little more than 10 grand or? Be a little more than 10. Even in 90s inflation, <laughs> pre-inflation, I think 10 grand's not enough. I actually ran the numbers. It'd be like 17K in today's money. And here's what you got to factor in too. You no longer have childcare costs or college or anything like that if they die. So you're really making a lot more money. <laughs> okay, how about this? You get paid 10K, but also you take out a life insurance policy that day. That's, now, we're, now we're making, now this is becoming lucrative. 
But, uh, Paul and Chad, you guys liked Horrorland enough to read the first Horrorland book twice, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, okay, so Chad read it twice. I read it as a child, and yeah. I was not on the Horrorland episode. I, I missed that episode early on in our Goosebuds days. So we did a reboot because you and I, Kevin, had not read it. And Ian, uh, you have not read any of these, obviously. So this No, is- but I did play the game like right. six months ago. I played the Horrorland. That's right. I think it's Escape from Horrorland PC which, game. Which I want to talk because I also played and love that game. Yeah, I, that was a great. Is that the one with Goldblum in it? Yes. Oh, baby. <laughs> and Isabella Rosalini. <gasps> Isabella's in it? My Italian queen? Yeah, right? She plays like Lady Cadaver. <gasps> oh, my. <laughs> I don't. I, I have vague memories. Honestly, this kind of brought back some of those memories, but I've already lost most of the the PC memories at this point. Oh yeah, I was gonna. Okay, so Kevin, were you where, where were you headed with your with your thing though about asking about asking about us reading the original one? Well, I just want to get a sense of your mindset. Essentially, I want I want you to let me in uh, to the window of your mind uh, going into Return to Horrorland. Were you excited? Were you apprehensive? Can anything gold stay? Is my are my questions for you? Apprehensive and definitely uh, wary wary of everything losing its luster over time. Uh, yeah. But I, I to to set the 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 stage for maybe Ian a little bit here, but also uh, people who have not heard the earlier episodes. Uh, we did revisit Return to Horror or regular Horrorland. I think it's One Day at Horrorland is the first one. Yeah, we returned to One we Day at Horrorland. Returned. <laughs> and uh, I remember us kind of being pretty disappointed, thinking it was okay. It had its moments, but mm-hmm. it wasn't the best one. It was an okay Goosebumps with some bad stuff in it. So I was not super amped to go back, I'll be honest. I, I, I'll i say I was pretty, like, I am a, a Horrorland stand, if that's even a term the kids use anymore, in that. I had fond memories of it. Loved that fucking DreamWorks uh, interactive game that Ian that you covered. Uh, got super spooked by it as a kid. Uh, so that like I had fond memories, and even when we revisit the book, I'm like, I'm looking past the flaws because mm. there's something to spooky theme park that it that rises above the other Goosebump books to me. Okay, but it, I don't know. I'm starting to change my mind. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Ian, uh, how about you? As as someone who has played the game, was did you have any uh, preconceptions before you went into this? Uh, not really. I I like the idea of a haunted theme park. I like theme parks in general, so mm-hmm. I was I was kind of excited. But um, I mean, it didn't last super long. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because uh, about where did it did it fade off for you? Uh, there was I don't remember. About halfway through, I realized I caught on to the idea of every chapter ending with a cliffhanger that immediately gets resolved in a really yep. unsatisfying way. And I'm like, is this going to be the entire book? And it sure and was. It, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yep. And there's a great one in there. There's uh, there's a lot of great ones, but there's a particularly good one that i wrote down in this one of a, of a yeah uh what also before what, what were your what were your like high level because i didn't want i wanted to go check out your your video on escape from horrorland the game what were your what were your big thoughts on the game um i mean i love fmv games i think it's just okay. inherently creepy in general uh Honestly, I remember the crawling around in the tunnels under Horrorland more and really disliking that. (laughs) Yeah, that part's a mess. The theme is great. I think the idea of a spooky theme park is still very interesting to me, even after uh, reading this one. Here's my question. Have you gone to Six Flags spooky Halloween events? Yes. So you've you've lived. What do they call that? I can't Uh, remember. Terror Fest or something? I don't know because I also oh, did. I, uh, yeah. I did boo at the zoo as well. 
Ooh, boo at the zoo school. Do they is make... that just a local zoo? Is that what that... Yeah, it was it was the Fort Worth Zoo, which is one of the really big ones. And they, at Halloween, they would do boo at the zoo. Oh, and see, in Indiana, we had zoo boo. Yeah, same thing. You want her in the zoo at night. I can't remember what the Six Flags one was called, but yeah, that was that was really cool. It's actually called Fright Fest. Honestly, that was more fun than either the game or this book. I'd rather go do that. <laughs> There's no rides in this book. There's they didn't do anything theme parked base. There was they were at a theme park, but they kind of ignored. They don't go on one ride. They go in a bunch of haunted houses. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. Like that. I think we had the same thing on the first Horrorland, and that I I think that first book peaks at uh, the the Doom Slide or whatever it's called. Yeah. Because that's like okay, that's at least some sort of a ride. It's not a great amusement park ride, but it's a it's a ride. Like, what if it goes bad? You'll slide forever. Mm-hmm. And then you know, <laughs> there's a little bit of like, well, what if we go on the coffin ride? Sure, it's like a it's a it's a wet ride. Right. Uh, awesome. This one has zero amusement park things other than. Uh, the 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 food stands offer like human fingers which is cute that's fun mm-hmm. yeah the uh caramel shrunken head was scary it was a scary moment you ever see the gif of that tomato that comes to life <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that i have <laughs> you mean attack of the killer tomatoes no i'll send it to you guys later it's it's right, yeah, it's cool. a scary it's All a scary right. gif yeah. if you google tomato that comes to life i'm sure you'll find it <laughs> Uh, I, I'll say like, because I, I both want to say major discussion on Escape from Horrorland, but also talked about with you while you're here, Ian, because I, I feel like you're a scholar on it now because you did a video on it. Uh, the, the game also did that to me a little bit where there's like, there's rides and then, you know, at some point in Escape from Horrorland and this one too, they're like, and what if you go check out Dracula's castle? Is there a ride at all? No, you just wander around. My- mummy walk is in this one too there's also a pyramid in both the game and this and it's like there's not a ride there's no attraction at all it's just like yeah it's a haunted house like you said oh well something that's fun something fun they do in this one and ian you probably didn't pick up on this because you haven't read any other goosebumps books but they bring in multiple previous goosebumps books in this book and a bunch of the scares are essentially just bringing out the scary parts of the old books, for instance. Was the the dentist one based on an older book or something? The dentist felt very out of place. That was not, I don't think. Was that, guys, do you remember any dentist ones? No, the dentist is a brand new thing. The two other Goosebump books, which is like, what we've been wanting them to do, kind of a shared universe for a while. And this is what the first time that we've experienced it, I think. Uh, and this one was uh-huh. the very beginning. So to, to lay the, the groundwork for the story, we, we pick up with our same characters from the original book, Lizzie Morris, her brother Luke, and their friend Clay. They're watching a show called The Strange Report, starring Derek. And I kept reading Margot's name as Mango, which I thought was cooler. <laughs> <laughs> so I, for now on, I'm going to I'm going to call it Derek and Mango Strange. Uh, yeah. And uh, they their their show is about finding uh, cool. I think cool people who do weird stuff like uh, one lady has 100 cats that she licks goals goals. That's yeah. a TLC show. If yeah. I ever heard yeah. one. <laughs> my strange my yeah. strange addiction for sure. Yeah, I can't stop licking my 100 cats. <laughs> I would watch that show. And I would watch The Strange mm-hmm. Report. The Strange Report was cool. So they're watching this show, and uh, Evan Ross, who is a character from Monster Blood, a book about a uh, product called Monster Blood that, if you eat it, makes you gross into large size and other things. 
uh, <laughs> and uh, they they show this one of the scariest parts of the book, which is the giant hamster destroying the school, and that's the like found footage uh, spookiness that starts off this 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 book that we're reading right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty cool to like. Oh, the, the events of that book. I think they also like it placed it for the first time. They call it like Arizona or something. I was like, we gotta put that on the map. We finally have some locations. Yeah, we have we have we have locations. Monster Blood, Arizona. This story, Chicago, uh, and, and, then all, and, all, and also Florida. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going places. So you guys knew that that actually happened because the host didn't believe it. They said, "Oh, we we think the kid was lying." And right? That's, yeah, and that's why us uh, very uh, learned readers, the three of us. Sorry, Ian, that you are not one of the learned. That's fine. I'm readers. dumb. It's fine. <laughs> untrue but uh, <laughs> but we knew we knew that that the kids knew that this was the truth that this was real well i guess the kids didn't know it either they're unlearned readers as well but we knew that that the strange report was about real stuff so we knew that the licking cat stuff was real what was the other uh weirdo they had on there oh i mean we don't I mean, we don't know that, like, by the way call it, there's not there's not a book Based on the looking cat. I was about uh, to ask. <laughs> that's not that's what. I, I know that's true, Chad. I know. Night I of a hundred licks. <laughs> <laughs> In my heart of hearts, I know Night of a hundred licks is real. <laughs> that should have been like bad for a day. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the other one they call out to, but that's like the big cameo of it. Sorry, it's the it's the guy who ate ate a bicycle. He like ate a car. And oh, that's right. Ate a and I'm like, that doesn't prove he ate a car. That just proves he can eat a bicycle, and he's good at upselling himself. Like, <laughs> I I did like that they said he was about to eat a bird to prove it, and they're like, no, stop. Wait, are you just eating random things? What's happening? Yeah, that's some terrare going on there. <laughs> what channel is this programming on? Because I'm into it. I think I think Ian call it, it's TLC. TLC, sure. okay, yeah, TLC. definitely TLC. All of these sound like TLC all, shows. All t- and if they're not making it to TLC, they're definitely getting sold to Bravo second. <laughs> sure, yeah, uh, Pluto TV. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I thought it was uh, interesting that Margot or sorry, Mango Strange is described as Scully from the X Files. Jillian Anderson uh, in in RL's horniest writing to date. Yeah, and Derek is Tom Selleck, which is an interesting ship. Uh, I just kept, for whatever reason, I kept picturing, uh, I don't know why, Beekman from Beekman's World and his <laughs> assistant from Beekman's World as these two. I don't know why. Um, I love that you keep Beekman's World in your brain ready to fire. <laughs> of course, man. This show is great. Um, it's it's the vibe of the show I think it'd be. But like, there's something I think is worth pointing out for this book that even in this moment, we are following three kids and two parents. Mm-hmm. I, my favorite part about Horrorland, the first one, was that the parents actually saw shit. The most common thing in all of these, we right. always complain about, is like they have to do this thing of like the parents never believe the kids for both like I guess dramatic reasons and for some sort of like Arl going kids. You gotta parents just don't understand. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> like I loved that the parents experienced it too and kind of bonded this family. Right. And for whatever reason, this. The events of the previous book where they escaped with their lives, discovered there's a monster TV station they were almost all sacrificed for, that has just left their heads. Uh, well, like they're they not affected by it. They remember way. it. They just don't care that much. $10,000 is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Dad just left his, jo- left his job at the bank, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, they showed the repercussions. Dad lost his job. They don't say why. And it's because he's still haunted by the day at Horrorland. 
He was looking at uh, horror porn uh, at, on the job. <laughs> like the... <laughs> he keeps googling like hot green horn lady and just like trying to find something. The the experience scarred everyone in interesting ways. And but so so in the midst of watching the show, uh, Derek and Mango Strange show up, <laughs> and I'm gonna eventually start calling them Margo. I will I will get it's back. Fine. To it's it. Mango, but now. I but it's uh, in my head. It has to be Mango. So they show up. In the midst of the show, uh, to announce that they have, this is the most. This part is just I don't know how to to truly read this. So they show up, and the kids are astounded that the people that are on TV at this moment are showing up. Uh, Ma, they get mom, mom, because mom's like, "Who are these strangers at the door?" And instantly they're like, "We know you went to Horrorland. We we're gonna pay you ten thousand dollars." And mom's like, "Well, actually, they say we're gonna take the kids back to Horrorland." And mom says, "No." And then to, and to your point, they say for ten thousand dollars. And mom's like. All right, I'm in. <laughs> All right, no yeah. negotiation. No negotiation. Yeah. yeah, that sounds good. The place that almost killed all of you. 10k. 10k, 10K. dude. Or or 17k in today's money. They were really banking on dad's income. All right. <laughs> I, she didn't even. I wish she had negotiated per head. She's like exactly 10K per per child. If you want all childs, that's 30 They just tack Clay on for free. I don't think his parents even got alerted. Did they know that the other parents were getting no, 10K? They made a deal without Clay's parents being <laughs> all the more sure. Not about that. It's messed up. Clay's parents got 500 bucks. That's about, that's about <laughs> what he's doing. They worth. mentioned getting his, like, needing to get his parents' approval, but I don't know that they ever actually do it yeah and the strangers are like we want to expose this place like that is dangerous and they are scaring people and we want to we want to have big journalism expose right right right? and i thought it was interesting for a moment the parents were like well we'll come along too and they're like no no and the strangers like no 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 we got to pretend to be their parents you can't come and i'm like you have three kids you guys could just do a like you two are Clay's parents, right. and we'll be there. Whatever. There's just there was no reason to not bring the parents, other than they just needed. Them. There, there are some questions to be asked. Like, for instance, they ask them how they know they went to the park, and they said, "We saw the Horrorland attendance records." Derek replied, "Actually, we right. stole them from the park, and we found your names and addresses on the list." Hold on. So you broke in. <laughs> you broke into Horrorland already. You yeah. stole their private records, which apparently they're keeping records of all the people that show up at the park at their illicit park. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you did not decide to dig any deeper while you were there. You were like, let's go back and bring some kids into the danger. Pay ten thousand dollars, seventeen thousand dollars in current day money, and not not counting travel fees. Not ca- first class. First travel. class. First class. <laughs> <laughs> It's not cheap. There's kids already at Horrorland. They multi like multiple times they talk about families that are there. If they were at Horrorland, just record the kids that are already there. Right. Yeah, just like wait in the parking lot and be like, hey, we'll give you fifty bucks if we can film you all day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like you could have got up way cheaper. <laughs> I, just, I just really like you to go to a random kid offering them money to film them You're and it's just going by fine. I got this tiny camcorder. I'll film you. <laughs> None of this actually matters for reasons we'll discuss later. Because no, it's no. all a lie, of course. But but like their entire plan doesn't hold water immediately to the point of like, I think even as a kid reading this, I would have been like, I don't, I don't trust the strangers on top of the other big like R.L. Stein going, oh, something's going on is is after mom has agreed to sell out her children. Dad doesn't even say goodbye. Right. Dad is like in the other room, too busy getting ready to turn their bedroom into a, a, a 
wrapping room. We know what he's doing. He's in his room looking up monster porn, horror yeah, porn. Yeah. He's, he can't be bothered. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's, he just can't break away. It's, which a 90s internet was probably really hard to find. Yeah. He's on Kazaa just downloading anything labeled monster. Uh, just hoping one of those clicks. But like when they're going to get into their, their car, like, all right, we're leaving right now. Is is Lizzie spots a tail? Yeah, sticking out underneath of of Doctor Strange's coat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and she's like, huh? And then time passes. They come back a week later to leave because I guess they had to buy the flights and everything. And instead of her telling her parents, Lizzie's like immediately just plays her hand. Like I saw you had a tail, Mister Strange. I saw, and they're like, oh well, I was just wearing a tail for a. An event. Like, it's a really bad lie. It's a terrible lie. They reason out all this weird stuff with robots. They're always like, robot. Oh, it's just tacked on. Oh, it's a puppet. Oh, it's a robot. Uh Just the excuses they come up with are ridiculous. She buys it immediately. Oh, it's fine. The the phrase computerized puppets comes up in computer <laughs> multiple puppets. <laughs> <laughs> My dad thinks I do for a living. He's like, I don't know. He works with computerized puppets or something. I was like... What does that mean? It's the it's the <laughs> hey look, it's just a little bit of the two thousands flavor, Kevin. It's all the t- the, the series two thousand flavor coming through. In the future there will be computerized, computerized puppets. puppets. <laughs> Made of wood. I, Made of wood. <laughs> Made of wood. So I love the tail part because he basically says it was a prank, bro, and then gives the, like you said, one of the worst like reaching for whatever is in the nearest uh, in his vision to to lie with, right? It's just like, oh, I was at a I was at a gala and I had to wear a tail for yeah, it's a beautiful lie. Uh, most of their lies throughout this book uh, feel. Like they're on that level. I guess it. I guess it's easy to lie to a child. I guess it's way easier to, to lie to children. <laughs> but this is how I know R.L. Stein is a faithful lover and husband is because you know I don't think he could tell a very good lie. Oh, he get away with it. Like the the lies and misdirects don't even pay off, and they're like, well, okay, well, clearly, even say like uh, the St- Mister Strange has like a a bad wig on that Lizzie notices like, yeah, they're clearly, they're clearly horror land horrors pretending to be humans mm-hmm. to get them to come back. And that's like, not even actually the truth. They are, they are humans. They just sold them out. Right. There's a weird misdirection going on in here where I think he wants you to think like, okay. So Ian, what happens a lot of the time is by chapter two, RL has uh, accidentally let slip what his reveal is going to be. <laughs> And we're just kind of waiting for the inevitable things to happen that that reveal what what, what the ending <laughs> That's is. That's kind of what it felt like. It felt right. like he told me early on that they were evil. And then for the rest of the book, he was trying to convince me that they weren't. But right. it's like, you you told me that they were already. <laughs> you showed me the evil stuff. He's got a tail. Like, that's the, one of the first things I learned about him. Of course they're evil. The kids saw it and then also just moved past it. Like, she Fine. didn't. Br- the fact that she didn't bring it up for the full week or tell anybody is just ridiculous. <laughs> she had a whole week to tell her parents, like, "Hey, I have some concerns about about the strangers. Uh, maybe maybe we ask for more money at the very least. <laughs> Please give me more money. We're flying. What class? Never mind. I don't care about the tail. <laughs> they fly first class." Why first class? And like, what was that scene even about? <laughs> they just have, there's like a little bit of exposition in the plane scene. And then we just move on to, we're just showing up to the front of the park, you know? There's like eight pages that take place at a Cinnabon. And uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't seem very relevant to the plot. 
<laughs> RL's just describing the the gooey texture of a Cinnabon to the reader, and I don't really think that's tangent to anything. So I thought that was strange. RL was just hungry when he was riding it. He was just thinking more about like because also RL loves to drive to the airport and order Cinnabon and get a, that's his favorite an airport. Cinnabon. Maybe that's what he was doing while he rode it. Wow, <laughs> it was like he, he had just gotten back from his daily Cinnabon trip to the, the airport. <laughs> Takes like seven hours out of his day because he has to go through like security <laughs> checkpoints and everything, but he gets that Cinnabon. Oh my god! It tastes better knowing that there's no terrorism nearby, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> there's a bunch of misdirects on this. Not even misdirects, just like what's the version of a red herring where it's just like an appendix of information that you don't need, a, like a dead herring. A dead herring. Nice. I love, it. I love it, Kevin. I'm going nice. to put this on Urban Dictionary immediately or TV Tropes immediately after this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like on their, they say like, oh, Horrorlands moved to Florida. And on the way there, they see a sign for Horrorlands like under new management. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, this is them saying in the sequel, like the the game is same, but the rules have changed. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. But not but not really. Other than they notice that they're, the no pinching signs are gone at the place. Right, like oh well, you can't pinch them anymore. They still don't. They don't try. Maybe they should have tried to see if you could pinch them. Like that was the way they got out of the first book. I thought at least we'd get like an alligator or something. Like that seems like Florida-y. oh, to lead into the Florida thing. Yeah, yeah. They didn't even use the scary yeah. Florida stuff, or at least lead into the fact that like oh well, see they moved to Florida because the creator of Horrorland wanted more real estate, and in California they were having trouble finding it. <laughs> so they got a bunch of tax breaks and made a new Horrorland in Florida, i.e. Walt Disney is a monster. <laughs> what? Chad, how could what? you say that? <laughs> if you don't move the location of Horrorland, they can't take a first-class flight. They gotta take that first-class <laughs> flight. It was, for, it was for that part of it. <laughs> You're not gonna sell away your children unless they get to go first-class. <laughs> You might be right, Ian. You might be right. Uh, they get there, and immediately the strangest camera is confiscated uh, and smashed. But don't worry, it was a decoy camera. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was that was one of the many decoy cameras they that, have. That ploy, I love that ploy of being like, all right, we're carrying a very obvious camera, so they smash it, and then we have the sneaky cameras. That, so you draw attention to yourself that you're doing something they don't want. Then you can sneak around unviewed. It, again, it doesn't matter for reasons we'll discuss later. None of this matters. It's all just meaningless. <laughs> I kept thinking there'd be some version of like, as far as we know of Lizzie and Cole, Clay, Lizzie and Clay and Luke are like, and their family are the only ones to have ever escaped Horrorland. It's also unclear because also families leave all the time, mm-hmm. it seems. The rules of this place, as soon as you put any scrutiny to them, don't really make a lot of sense. Are they other people or are they computerized puppets? Oh my god! We oh don't my god, know. Paul, who knows? We don't. They, <laughs> they escaped the first one after being on Monster TV. Mm-hmm. Like they're famous. Ian, if you didn't. If, yeah, there, there's like an entire. I don't know. Like uh, Howie does it. I don't know why that's my reference point for the reality show. <laughs> <laughs> that that is. Uh, oh boy, we really scared this family and tortured them and sicked wild creatures on them. But this is good entertainment for Monster Cable. And then they get away. Like they're they should be kind of famous at the park. They should be recognized. They should be recognized. Absolutely. Or at least recognized as people who just flew first class. They have that air of authority. Yeah. You just ate a bunch of free eggs on a plane. (laughs) 
they just give you eggs on a plane? If you sit in first, I got to go first class once one time, and they gave me the most delicious food I've ever had in my entire life. Probably because I was drunk on free wine, and I was trying not to. I was afraid I was going to fall out of the sky. So I picture them just handing you just a hard boiled egg. <laughs> yeah, a carton of a carton of hard boiled <laughs> eggs, and then just the first class reeks of, <laughs> of <laughs> eggs. <laughs> So they should have been recognized, though. They were famous in this world. They, the At least the horror should have recognized. Because, and another thing you might not know, I don't know if they do this in the video game, Ian, is they escape by pinching them, which makes them deflate like giant uh, monster balloons. I don't recall that, no. That's not in the, I don't think that's in the game, yeah. Yeah, they murder a couple of monsters on TV in the first book. So, wait. <laughs> wait a minute. So, in the first book, is... Is it real? Is Horrorland real? I mean, if they're pinching monsters to deflate, or was it left kind of? Is it real? Is it not? I think real? it's. I think it's real because they they kill. I think it's real. They kill the monsters, and when they kill the monsters, they distract them and they run away. And when while they're running away, a monster hangs out on the back of the bus they escape on and gives them free tickets to come back next year. So it's implied. Which that is the direct setup for the game in, in Escape oh. from Horrorland? Is like the tickets are on her like nightstand and they're somehow magically they, they magically teleport them back to Horrorland. Okay, which gotcha. Which makes more sense than what this is. In yeah, this so this book. is another return. They return again. The the re return this time. It's an alternate universe return. Yeah, I don't think the events of the game canonically. Like the the game has the villain um, Madison Storm also throwing off Big Beekman's energy. Maybe that's why he was in my head. Mm. Uh, and like that's not in these at all. It gotcha. Like. Those are, that was that was a new a new tangent of story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, then the rest of this book essentially is just a bunch of scenes. We got the first scene, which is essentially uh, snakes and scary uh, sarcophaguses. And it's literally just the scares from the return of the mummy pretty much uh, just brought into a couple of chapters. What was the mummy walk supposed to be? Like if if not for the scary stuff, would you just walk into a room full of closed coffins and that's it? It's called mummy walk. What the fuck is that? (laughs) The mummy walk is a cool dance. I was so hoping because when they're going through the mummy walk and like, I don't think we need to recap this every single time, but it's constantly the strangers are with them, and then suddenly they're not. These kids cannot keep their fucking eyes on the strange. Right, and the one thing they said as they bought these children for $10,000 was that they were going to keep an eye on them the whole time, and then they don't do that instantly. Did you guys catch the three-headed snakes? That was actually just three snakes. <laughs> like, Wait, what? Yeah, uh-huh. what do you mean? There was a three-headed snake? Yeah, yeah. It, it was either th- a three-headed snake or three snakes next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it's impossible. Who can you know? There's no way to find out if it's three-headed snake or if it's three snakes next to each other. It was the it was the dumbest thing I think I've ever read in a Goosebumps book. I think this part is where I started to get frustrated because this is the first time because <laughs> they were like, the snake bit his leg. Next chapter, actually, it didn't. It bite did him it at bite all. his leg. I just, I just, it it didn't even puncture the pants. No. They call that out. It didn't even like pierce clothing. So the snakes were not the snakes were not real. The snakes were not real. You're experiencing it there. And like that is the goosebumps experience. Yeah. Is is being told that something definitively happened and then being told a breath away that what you just saw <laughs> was not real. How is that a good way to write a book? It was like, <laughs> holy shit, I can't believe it. Oh, okay. 
I gotta keep reading. Ian, I don't know, and I've been reading the books for years, so <laughs> I don't. I'm not a good person to ask that. You know that old meme of like it's from like from some Japanese TV show where like a guy holds like a, a an old man holds a thing in front of you and like crumples the card in front of you and just like grins. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> that's what that's what RL's writing. Yes. Uh, is like he's like oh. Maybe maybe a kid's gonna get hurt. Maybe wow, not. that was a that was a piece of Japanese culture that went over my head, Chad. So good 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 job. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll I'll look that up later to know the right reference for it. I, Ian, I'm already glad that you're suffering with us. So thank you for. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very deflating experience that that uh, bait and switch uh, kevin i just want to call out like what you said i think you're totally right like the fact that they do zero amusement park rides yeah is is frustrating because like kevin you already had a solution the mummy thing could have been a roller coaster it could have been like get in the coffin that's where he did the coffin ride in the first one like get in the sarcophagus Oh no, the lid closed down. Once again, we're trapped. Like, they, they already are doing that anyway in this. And like, also, like, these kids went into this knowing, having experienced the hells of Horrorland. And then, like, in order to make this book work, we just have to be like, oh yeah, one of the kids is very stupid. Like, tremendously stupid to the point that he forgets everything the second that he walks into the park again. Luke loves death. Like, he is actively searching <laughs> for a way to go to Valhalla in this book. <laughs> he just wants to die with a sword in his hand. If there, I, I, I want to subscribe to the religion that, Kevin, you just described, which is uh, amusement park Valhalla. If you die in an amusement <laughs> park, you get to go to a crazier amusement park forever. <laughs> I think that's a cool I mean, idea. I, I think that sounds fun. We spend a lot of time with Luke in that sarcophagus. Uh, we, we think he's slowly suffocating to death, but it turns out he just goes down a fun slide. Yeah, he goes down. A, he goes down a fun slide. Uh, his sister has to uh, pulley system him out. Uh, pulley system open the door. Yeah, could you could you visualize that? Because I couldn't. No. I had no idea what the hell was going on with the chains and pulleys. I, I, as often as I don't want to seem like uh, looking down too much on RL, but what we know about him being an indoor kid, I don't think RL has ever set up a pulley system because he described it like, oh, I just got some chains and pulleys and I started to, I wrapped the chains around the lid and I started to reel it like a fishing line. Yeah, there's like, a crank not, in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's not how a pulley really works, RL. Um, what did you What did you attach it to? What was your like fulcrum point or whatever? Perhaps uh, a crowbar would be a more simple thing to explain. <laughs> like, I, I, I all right. I actually think that when she gets the pulley system is my favorite part of the book because she <laughs> finds the horrors and she's like, "Help! My brother is suffocating to death," and they're just like, "We're on break." Yeah. No, we're on we're on break. Yeah. yeah, there's a pulley system over there though. If you want it, <laughs> there's a pulley shed. Go ahead and help yourself, kid. Now that would be a good adventure game problem. <laughs> like that would be a good like combine chain and pulley and like form some sort of monkey island device to. to in no world do you ever <laughs> s get in that situation and think, oh, I need a pulley system. There's no way anyone would make that connection. <laughs> Do you remember in The Mummy when Brendan Fraser had to set up a complicated series of broken <laughs> chains? <laughs> I, I agree. And I really did love the point of like employee negligence uh, being almost more horrifying than anything else actually in this book. Yeah, I love that like this is their lives. Like this is the horror's lives is to torture people. And they're still like, nah, I got my, man my mandated 20 that I'm taking right now and I'm not yeah. stopping. <laughs> 
Thank God for our horror union. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you could take it in a in a horrifying way, or you could be proud for those horrors, like they know their rights as as employees. So yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a cool, it's a cool part. They 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 save Luke. Uh, not really, he saves himself by just not by existing, uh, yeah. which is the. <laughs> Ultimately, the solution to all of the problems in this, pretty much. They go to the next one, which is the Monster Dentist Office, a creative name. <laughs> Happy Tooth Game is is the sign on the wall. That that feels like a placeholder title or something. Tooth Game. This whole section kind of felt that way. Yeah, one of them even is like, wasn't this supposed to be a game? And yeah. it's, just, it's just a dentist office. It's more of a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a competition it's more of just like uh can you solve the can you can you click on the right pixel that turns the wooden robot monster dentist off <laughs> yeah it, it is just a a, a, a quote-unquote attraction where horrors will drag kids into chairs with big drills and say we will open up put holes in your teeth to see if they're Healthy or happy? A line that is spoken twice in this chapter, we'll drill through your lips, is said twice. If we have to, yeah. And it, it is, and like, you're seeing kids screaming, presumably, unless those are also robots, those are kids being tortured. Or computerized puppets. It's all computerized puppets. I, I thought that was is at least a little eerie. I, I didn't like the kid that kept talking about, oh, you broke my teeth, you broke all my teeth. Like, I don't like thinking about that. That's like a scary <laughs> thing you, you hear in a dream that just sets the mood to be, yeah. to be not right. That's Yeah, it's very off-putting. I agree with you on that. I think, because she shuts off the robot dentist and then saves Luke, and she says in there, I wanted to switch the dentist back on and let him drill on Luke for a while. And I think she should have, because then we would have known for sure if it's real <laughs> yeah. or not, you know? Like, someone needs to get their teeth drilled a little bit. We need to do a little science here. I, I thought it was pretty cold of Lizzie to, after she saves both of her, both of her friend, her brother and her friend, like, they hear more screaming, and Lizzie's like, I could probably go and turn off the rest of them, but let's get the fuck yeah, out Yeah, I did mark down <laughs> that they abandoned the other children, that they just they just walk away. L Lizzie says, got mine, and leaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck them kids, Lizzie says. <laughs> like, you didn't even have to include that. He could have just left that <laughs> yeah, thought out, and it would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. But the word count, he needs that word count. This... This whole section felt like a book that he wanted to write, but yes. they wouldn't let him. Like, he wanted yes. to do, like, a monster uh -huh. dentist thing, but they couldn't really, like, pitch it in a way that kids would buy the book at the Scholastic Book Fair. That's why this was my guess. When you said they included stuff of older books, I thought for sure it had to be the dentist place because it just felt so out of place for a theme park. It has to be what you're saying, Kevin, because, like, to your point, Ian, it's, like, it is a, it's perfect for a book, and I bet you... Look, he gets away with a lot of child abuse in this book. One at one point, the kids are thrown into a net and kicked downstairs. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they just that get is... right up. Okay, they bounce off the ground. They get right up. It's fine. They're they're young and resilient. <laughs> that whole point, like just to get to the point where they get captured, like they're like now. I I loved it because uh, it's suddenly another premise. RL is clearly so bored of his iconic franchise of horror land uh -huh. that he just won't write anything that's fucking amusement park is at one point they just get dragged down into a dungeon where a horror that is dressed as the dungeon master yes neat with a like eyes wide shut mask is like <laughs> i'm going to just torture all of you and there's like an iron maiden or what about a room full of hungry weasels ferrets okay 
Sorry, Ferret. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Did anyone catch the nooses hanging from the ceiling in yes. the torture yes. room? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, okay, we'll just fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> if, only. Like, if, if only. If this had been revealed to be like the big bad of Horrorland, if this was the, you know, the Walt Disney or is like, I just love torturing kids. So down here is like the real heavy, like mainline shit. Mm-hmm. But up above is all of the actual rides. I'd be like kind of on board. Right. But this isn't even that. It's just like. I don't know. This is the employee hangout where sometimes they just fucking kill kids straight out. This is it's crazy. We did pass over the Amazo portion. Yeah, we got to talk about Amazo. We got to talk about Amazo. Yeah. So so they do escape the dentist's office, uh, and then they decide that's and then we see the cool scene, which is the shrunken caramel head uh, sequence, which is just uh, they're looking for some food. The vendor has. Uh, what it says they say uh, shrunken heads caramel heads and so they look at them and they notice that there are uh, eyes noses and lips on them and one speaks to Lizzie and asks her to to end it basically please end me and he says, he says help me help she me doesn't, <laughs> please, she does not help please him. end me <laughs> like, just, like, yeah, that, what was he implying with that help me Kevin which was end me uh, but she doesn't help. Like the, like the other children in the dentist's office, she abandons it. See, the cool stuff that you want to be clarified, if it's real or not, he doesn't touch. He doesn't He doesn't let you know if the fingers were real fingers that right. they were going to eat. He's just like, eh, forget about that. He says he has toes, too, at the finger stand. He's like, I got toes as well. They're just and not warmed up. <laughs> they're not warming yet, which I thought was cute. And, and, and that got me thinking, being like, all right, I know what a chicken finger is. What's a chicken toe? And I think it's popcorn chicken. That's chicken toes. Chicken toes. Oh, yeah. mm. you just pop little poplars. Yeah. Just, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> strike that from my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Got that thought out. <laughs> Before they get to the Amazo, is there the other ride that calls out that I felt like was the height of laziness where they walk by uh, something just called Scream Club and they hear children screaming? <laughs> yeah, the room where you go to scream. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's about. All right, well, moving on. <laughs> Sounds spooky. Uh, let's go watch a let's go watch a magic show now. And they go and they watch a magic show, and it's a magic show. It's pretty much just a magic show, right? Uh, yeah. Though Amazo is from previous books, yeah. So it's weird that, like Ian, you are right to assume that some of these are callbacks, but then most times they're not. Amazo is from Bad Hair Day, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and he is just putting on a. They're like, we know Amazo. He's a famous magician. I can't remember. It was Amazo a bad person or a good person in? I think book. he turned a boy into a rabbit, so probably not great. Okay. I find RL's characters are rarely so black and white, Paul. <laughs> That's there's true. A, there's a degree of complexity here, a humanity. It's nuanced. Yeah, the great moral ambiguity that we love about <laughs> RL's writing. Yeah, I think he enslaved. A ch- I think he enslaved uh, the child Tim as to be a rabbit in his act. Theoretically, when Amazo is just pulling like tons of stuff from his hat. Mm-hmm. And the and the kids are loving it. One of those rabbits is theoretically the kid from from Bad Hair Day. Oh, you're right. Uh, it se- it seemed like that was his whole thing too. Is all he did was pull just continually pull different things from his hat, and that was the majority of his show. <laughs> was just <laughs> his entire. By, by the way, the way to do the way to do that right is like um, compare Arl to Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Is I love when King, not just Dark Tower, would like kind of connect his universes, right? Right. And I know there's a moment in. Uh, whatever that book of his, they turned into a movie with James Franco that's, like, about the JFK time travel assassination. Oh, yeah, yeah. At one point, like, he travels through Derry from the, you know, from It, Mm -hmm. and there's just, like, a moment of, like, 
the the, the main character like swearing he hears like something muttering from the sewers right or whatever but, right. like, it, but it just moves on and you're like oh yeah if you've read that book you appreciate that like this is all connected all real like i would have loved if at one point lizzie was like i swore one of the rabbits was like looking at me like it was begging for help mm-hmm. or and just like anything make it spooky i don't know uh, i would love it if if a third thing begged her for help and she ignored it <laughs> <laughs> when when lizzie denies someone the third, the third time, time that's when you know she's not here to help she's here to make a tv show okay? <laughs> I, 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 if we're gonna make good tv i can't be helping everybody that i see <laughs> <laughs> I do love that. I do love that. Ninety-five percent of his thing was pull, was just holding his hat out and letting things appear from it. <laughs> and then the final thing was just being like, "All right, somebody come up here and get in this cage with these two tigers." And then I'm out. That really frustrated me because he he leads her up there, tells her, "Okay, they're gonna disappear." She gets in the cage. The tigers disappear. And then she freaks out. And she's like, why didn't Amazo tell me what was going to happen? It was like he did. He, <laughs> yeah. he said they were going to disappear. He literally told you exactly what, what was going to happen and what is happening to you right now. And she didn't trust him. That was the problem. It's her lack of faith. That's the real problem throughout this whole book. My question is, do we think Amazo is working with the horrors or not? Because it seems like he's a a hired gun. This is just like you bring, you know, you, you hire someone to entertain the show. This is, is the employee there? Some Because his trick ends with lizzie you know the 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 shawl is pulled off the cage mm-hmm. the tigers are gone mm-hmm. but everyone in the audience including amazo are gone as if like time had passed and they just forgot about her right what was up with that the brother left like they didn't just yeah. wait like they just they bailed ridiculous they 100 percent just bail on her they, they didn't even they guess they saw the reveal i guess and they know she's alive and they're like all right well uh there's a lot of dangers here, but let's just wander out into them and split the group up. I figured they got kidnapped by the the horrors because they're uh, oh. tied to spikes on the beach, on Vulture Beach. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's Vulture right. Beach. Vulture Beach. I forgot about Vulture yeah, Beach coming you know, up. That iconic amusement park <laughs> thing where you just go to a beach. But not before there's... <laughs> Now, before Lizzie, like, buzzes by the gift shop and sees the horror costumes being like, huh, is this foreshadowing? Am I doing a literature? (laughs) 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 I don't know, Lizzie. Maybe you are. I did want to point out a great cliffhanger, Ian. I'm sure you love this one. She's in the tiger cage and everybody leaves. And she's like, oh, no, I'm stuck in here. And then the next chapter is somebody showing up and being like, you can come out now. And she's like. (laughs) Uh, I'm stuck in here and they're like no you're not and then she opens the door and walks out <laughs> I love that that was a solution to being stuck in the tiger cage being told no you're not you're not stuck in the tiger cage <laughs> oh well when you put it that way the old no and rule of it <laughs> <laughs> the horse is the only cage is the one that's inside your mind and then he vanishes <laughs> So she escapes the cage uh, through using a door, heads out to look for her brother and her friend, who she mm-hmm. finds on... Is this Vulture Beach? Are we at Vulture this Beach? Vul- we're at Vulture Beach, yeah. Yeah. It, Vulture Beach is... Go ahead, Kevin. You can explain Vulture Beach. What to say about Vulture Beach? Really, uh, RL's symbolism uh, shines through his work at this point. <laughs> uh delicate uh a delicate screed against capitalism for sure um and really unites a lot of themes that runs through the book um i I think it's weird that a lot of rl's scary stuff uh is animals just attacking like like every animal is scary to him every horror in this one is a different animal essentially right 
Kind of. A mummy is an animal. <laughs> it's like every scary thing is an animal, and the solution is always just like going through a door. Just, oh, there's a door to, to leave. <laughs> or the solution to, to Vulture Beach, which is just, yeah, Lizzie's like, oh my God, what happened to you guys? And they're like, oh, the horrors just chained us up here. It doesn't seem to fit with the theme. Oh, we're not complaining. <laughs> and like, and Lizzie's big solution is just, I think if you close your fist, you can slip your hands through the, the chains. Well, she also employs a cunning use of pocket sand. <laughs> she yeah. does use pocket sand to great effect in this scene. Oh, my God. It's just the birds hate the sand. They're like Anakin Skywalker. It gets everywhere, and they leave the kids alone. My, well, I think my favorite part is they're like, vultures, this is what vultures do. And I'm like, well, no, actually, they always eat dead things. So, like... Like they're not even a threat right now, I guess. Yeah, if you moving or if you're moving around, the vultures aren't going to come for you. That's kind of what I thought too. Yeah, just yeah. keep on writhing. Maybe our maybe Arla was going for some really deep literature reference to Prometheus. Oh, who I believe was chained up alive, and then a vulture would eat his organs, his liver, every day yeah, as it regenerated. So that's probably what Arla was going. For. I was I was thinking maybe he was basing this off an actual like Bush Gardens ride, <laughs> chained <laughs> up at a beach. <laughs> Is Bush Gardens still around, or did that go away at some point? I think it's still around. I just wonder if it's like we can't afford animals anymore, and now it's all animatronic, just like tigers. Computerized puppets. They got computerized puppets yeah. and everything. Yeah. <laughs> did you know uh, vultures have the strongest stomach acid in the animal kingdom? They can digest bones, just Whoa. their stomachs. Oh, so the they should have included that in the book. It would have been scarier. That's a fun vulture fact. That's a scary vulture fact. <laughs> <laughs> She could be saying that as she throws the sand. Oh, I gotta get them away because they've got this really acidic stomach acid and they'll melt your bones. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's horror. Like, imagine if they're like barfing on you, like they're eating too much cotton candy and they're just doing flybys on you. And they have projectile stomach acid. I love that. That's like a Pokemon move or something. <laughs> yeah. A beach vulture uses, uses bile. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about which Pokemon were used to cover up like mob murders, the way you bre- feed bodies to pigs. Like which ones did you just give? <laughs> uh huh. Uh, that's that's Honchcrow's department. Muck. Honchcrow. Yeah, yeah. You just to- you toss a dead body in the bucket. Like, Muck, eat it again. God damn it! You fucking dissolve that body. <laughs> <laughs> they so they escape Vulture Beach through the uh, use of pocket sand and skinny uh, children wrists, and yep. they they get out. And then they're caught again, right? They essentially are just caught again. The strangers are expunged at this point. Yeah, you can't escape Horrorland unless you just bring a camera. It's very easy to get out of Horrorland. Just <laughs> have a camera. <laughs> yeah, the end of the first book was by the time the parents, they got to the coffin, right? Like, we need to get the fuck out of here. The horrors have all decided you don't leave the theme. Right, park. right. But instead, they are, cont- I mean, I guess because also this is all a lie, but they are continuing like, yeah, as long as you have a camera. Like, Lizzie's given an out right this is maybe the the only time she's actually like a very hero is they're like we can throw you out too if you're with them but she's like no i gotta find my brothers and that's when she goes back for them yeah so she she grabs the horror costumes at the gift shop and she finds her brother or her brother and her brother's friend and they dress up like horrors and i i guess they i guess they fool them she like has like a she does like a, a she rolls like a nat 20 persuasion role mm-hmm. <laughs> uh with an elderly horror uh at the at, at the front desk and then 
they all like dash out. I think some of the biggest the biggest evidence for everything being fake is that the horrors cannot tell that it's the that, three kids that they're <laughs> yeah. actively looking for in costumes uh-huh. that they sell at the gift shop. I think that's valid, but then also why are they even doing the rest of this other than they just is it just mental torture? Like the events of of this whole thing, right? Um mm-hmm. they get out uh, they've made it. They're at the they're at the uh, the <laughs> the parking lot. Which, by the way, I think it's worth pointing out that this is different than the first book, where when you park at the parking lot, your car blows up. That's right. I was <laughs> yeah. waiting. I was waiting for that to happen. Yeah, that's a fun a fun thing from the first book. At, uh, Ian is that they get out of their car and walk a couple steps, and then there's a like uh, mafia esque car bomb that goes off. And oh, see, that's awesome. Car. That's sick. It's a sick yeah. way to start a book. Honestly, this is instead is they get out. They're like, well, we've lost the stranges. I guess we'll just start hitchhiking back home. Mm-hmm. They get on the highway. They are theoretically away from. I mean, God, a gator could just get them down yeah. there. Yeah, uh, yep. Or a vulture. Yeah, the, or a vulture. Uh, or or someone on meth. Who knows? Uh, but instead, the strangers show up in their van. They're like, "Oh my God! Thank God we found you. We were so worried. It seems like the day is saved." They'll, they'll be fine. And then the strangers just drive them right back to the park. This is where it gets like real fear kidnappy. Uh, okay. Uh huh. Like. Like, the strangers, like, kind of turn on a dime and become, like, super creepy and, like, you know, cold. That could be scary. I mean, it could be it, it could be conceived as scary. It's just a tonal shift, I feel, from a pretty wacky book to be like, now we're selling you. Like, you get a... Tom Selleck gets a wad of cash. Yeah, a wad of green. <laughs> Was it the strangers that they went in the van with? Because I remember yeah. that they find out that the horrors are paying the strangers for some reason yeah they yeah, win they, them back over after yeah that? they like i guess the, so their whole I, the whole thing this and i don't even understand how this logic works out but the whole thing is that the strangers i guess are in league with the horrors and we're running a essentially a sting on these children because they said that if they showed up at their house and their mom didn't accept the ten thousand dollars for the, for her children to go back to Harland that they would have let them live in peace. This is some mob shit, by the way. This is this is not mob stuff. This is entrapment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is this is they showed they're like, oh we you guys were gonna tell the world about about horror land. You guys were gonna tell the world. You're the one with the TV show. We don't have a and TV also, show. What, is their entire TV show a sting? Like what the fuck is happening? The moral of the story is stop snitching. <laughs> I just looked it up. They get, okay, they do leave the strangers. This is what I totally forgot that this happened. They get saved by another TV show. That's what I was going to say, The horrors lead them into a van, take off the mask, and we're like, oh, we're from a different TV show. But that's after this. Yes. That's after this part. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, there's there's multiple van fake-outs. Oh, my God. (laughs) I must have have completely forgotten the first van (laughs) fake-out. So they're taken up onto uh, a cliff. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. The, what was it called? The, the Great Attraction yes. Giant Cliff. The Final Leap. I, I didn't even take notes at this point. I just kind of... It's called The Final Leap. Yeah. Like, I guess it's a ride. And they're told they're told that they're going to jump or they're going to be made to jump. And the, they pull a lever and the, the cliff starts to go out. And then something happens that draws the attention of the, of the horrors. They stop it. The kids get off of the cliffside. Oh, I, I know what that is, Paul. Sorry to interrupt. I, I saw it was interesting because it's the same. It's the same gimmick. Of uh-huh. Three other horrors show up and say you're wanted. You're wanted elsewhere. Right, which <laughs> proves to me 
that when Lizzie did this at the stop at, before and said you're needed elsewhere, that's just a trick you can constantly use on horrors. That actually worked. The 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 horrors are very down to take coffee breaks. Yes, they yeah. established it early with the chains and the pulley. They they couldn't help out because they were on their break. They really yeah. loved their breaks. That's why that scene spoke to you. It was the it was the key Got to it. this whole thing. <laughs> I didn't even connect that. There's so many layers. It man. unlocks the whole book. <laughs> See, this is the problem I have uh, working from home. Like, no one suspicious approaches me and says you're wanted elsewhere. Like, uh, <laughs> I would kill to be wanted elsewhere. So, someone wearing a Kevin mask shows up and is like, hey, you don't need to work on this. Uh, I'll edit this episode for you. And you're like, cool, great. I'm gonna go pet my cat. Yeah. No questions asked. Yeah, man, sure. Kill it, dude. <laughs> sure, just don't make an expose and bring me and my friends down. Thanks. So they get they get brought out again. There's a lot of ping ponging in and out of the park. These three horrors get them in a different van. They go through the employee only exit, right, and get into a black van and reveal that they are they are reporters from a show called Weird Copy. Weird Copy. And I guess yep. it's a play off of the show Hard Copy. Sure is. It's not around anymore. Sure is. Um, and that they have been wanting to, they're like, we want to bring down Horrorland. Also, the Stranges, they're already arrested. Yeah, they're acting Ow. like they want to bring Horrorland down and save these kids. But we know that it's all about the ratings battle between them and the Stranges. We know this is a, because Kevin, to your point, you said stop stitching. I think the real lesson of this story is find the snitch that pays the most. The, or the person <laughs> that'll, snitch to the person who will pay the most. That's the real lesson in this book. Explore your snitching options. Consider not snitching, but if you're going to snitch, uh, you know, snitch big. Get paid. Yeah. I wrote down that I thought the main lesson was don't trust celebrities. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> that's lesson. Trying to tell yeah, me. That's a very good one. <laughs> don't try and get on TV. Should we, well, should, with that point, should we get to the last the last two pages of this? Is yeah, the great clip. Well, it looks like the, it looks like the weird copy reporters maybe have saved them, mm -hmm. and they genuinely are happy to have gotten these kids out of there. But then they're like, you know what? We didn't get enough footage. So Lizzie, Luke, and Claire are horrified as the van drives down the street to another amusement park called Terrorville. Trust no celebrities. That's it. That's the that is the theme of this book. So there are there two traveling horror yeah. theme parks in Flor yeah. right next to each other in Florida? <laughs> yeah, it's like a whole ecosystem. It's like <laughs> Universal Studios is next to Disneyland. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. You have to have a Universal Studios analog, and that is fine. <laughs> and they're like, no, it's Universal Studios. It's worse. So Terraville, Terraville is that. But apparently there are more books in the series. One of them is called, I think, Horror Park. Yeah. Panic Park. Panic Park. Horror Park is what this is called in, in French. Panic Park. So there are... It, it, the, the rabbit hole goes deeper, Ian, is what I'm saying. There are so I'm not many going parks. deeper down that rabbit hole. This <laughs> was will, not inspiring. Ian will not come back. Sometimes reading a Goosebumps book is like eating a whole bunch of packing peanuts. It's not good for you. <laughs> it's, it's a laborious sort of thing, and you just you feel gross and you feel nothing at the end and you have a nagging feeling that it might come back to bite you one day yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're not sure what the ramifications of what just happened are so ian what did you think your first this is your first true goosebumps experience right it is uh you know i don't read a lot of books mm -hmm. this kind of reminded me why mm. um <laughs> they're all like this no i thought it was it was fun once i once I kind of numbed to the idea that it was going to be a continual bait and switch, yeah, it, it was all right. I just wish it was more theme parky. I think that's yeah. the mm -hmm. biggest sin is that it 
it did not feel like a theme park at all. Right. I'm with you. They And I, the first one had a little bit more of that. They go on a scary slide that lasts forever. Like we talked about, they go in like a lazy river. There's uh, like a mirror. There's like a mirror house, which at least is like, yeah, that's a carnival thing. That's something. How do you not go on one roller coaster at the amusement park? One scary roller coaster, you know, with like uh, pendulum blades that try to chop your head on. You got to dodge under them, you know? Ooh. You know? Oh, you know what it is? It's the boat. Have we all, have we all seen uh, Nothing But Trouble? Yes. No. No. The... It, it's we should maybe just cover that because it's somehow Goosebumps with Jason is the insane Dan Aykroyd movie that he made after Ghostbusters where uh, it's a horror comedy but there's the way that uh, Dan Aykroyd kills people who come to his mansion is he puts them on a ride called the Bone Stripper I think <laughs> and it's what you're describing Paul it is just a roller coaster where like metal teeth rip you up and then spit your bones out at a target in a cartoonish because way because unlike the people unlike the people who made Horrorland he is kind to his vultures on Vulture Beach and he feeds them pre-chopped people he doesn't leave he doesn't well make- yeah also his vultures are two fat baby monsters yes which are very terrifying we, you, we gotta watch it sometime guys it's great we gotta watch something about trouble that movie's insane yeah well, I'm sorry that you got. Is this look? There are good ones, Ian, in this series. There are good Goosebumps books. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was not one of them. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, this was like this was less of a theme park, more like McCamey Manor for kids. It was more very uh, haunted housey. If it had been go to the haunted house instead of return to Horrorland, <laughs> right. it probably would have played a bit better. If it was Horror House, Return to Horror House, we would have been there you happy. Go. very happy with that. I'm desperately thinking of ways to punch this up and make it more theme parky, but like a- apart from like a a horrible teacup ride, I can't really I can't really coalesce anything. You can't go through it. You can't escape through an exit door if you're on a roller coaster, which is their there main is. mode of escape. So, you know, can't do it. How about like a lost and found? They reference it for a hot second, a lost and found. But it's like, it's just a massive pit of like dead people's things and like, I don't know, <laughs> bones. I don't know. Just <laughs> lean into the the nature of the theme a little bit. More bones. I did have a question. You know, you guys talk about R.L. Stein and his writing. Mm-hmm. Um are, is this? Did he write the whole series? Because I know Animorphs, which is what I read. Mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. uh, Kay Applegate is known for having ghost writers on that. We're pretty positive. There's no, we have not received definitive proof yet, but we're fairly positive that a lot of these were ghost written. Some of the short stories were definitely ghost written and confirmed yes. ghost written. Oh, that's true. But, we do have yeah. some. Yeah, we do have a little bit of confirmation there. We we are sniffing around Ian for this is like a year, multi year long investigation. We are. Woodward and Bernstein and Cole, yeah, uh, investigating like what is actually RL's imprint on some of these things. There's a couple trademark phrases, but he, there's no way this man is writing like three books a month. Okay, well, how did you guys feel? Did this one feel like an RL Stein written thing, or would you guess that this was ghost written? Judging by the Tom Selleck reference and how horny he was while writing about Jillian uh, <laughs> Anderson, I think this was definitely an RL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I think this was an R.L. John because it had um it, had, it was a graveyard of ideas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> I would go to that ride, graveyard of ideas. Oh man, <laughs> there's a scary ride. It, it just had all these like little moments that I knew he probably had in a folder, being like, "Does this work?" Uh, and he couldn't make any of them like really work for more than a few pages. And this was right. sort of his way of being like, "Well, that's the outline done." As I just string together all my ideas that don't hold enough water to become a book. So 
I can I can get NRL's head for this one, and I think he actually did make it. So yeah, agreed. I agree. I concur. I think this is an RL this is an RL joint. I mean, I in my mind, he holds on to his like the high level uh, IPs. Right? He's like, mm. oh, mm. Uh, uh, Beast from the East. I don't know what the fuck that is. I just came up with the title. Are they blue? I don't know. You go and write this random writer. <laughs> but for like Slappy and Monster Blood and Horrorland, he's like, those are mine. Right. He one. keeps the core ones to himself. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guess. I actually think they should, he should run with that uh, computerized puppets idea for a Slappy book where Slappy is like a hacker in like oh. the 20 minutes in the future sort of story, like a cyberpunk kind of. <laughs> yes thing i think it could i think it's got legs oh my god he's just got like the wood is the most high-tech puppet you could possibly have the, why were the puppets wood why were they cost effective <laughs> the least malleable material for a puppet okay yeah it's caught they're in they're in florida there's trees everywhere they just chop a couple down make a new bunch of computerized with puppets. that humidity down there it's just gonna make everything like swollen oh, the smell run. i don't know the smell of they blew robots. the budget on the robotic snakes and ferrets you know <laughs> they had to cut costs somewhere <laughs> they built that one first the snake animatronics were very impressive i'd be more impressed if they actually could bite through jeans <laughs> well I, uh, y'all ian y'all, i'm so sorry yeah ian sorry i think this was a bumps though we think we did a bumps yeah, that's bumping. It was it was bumpy. That's for sure. That's a bumpy ride. <laughs> uh, Ian, uh, you know we've we've alluded to your channel and stuff before, but where should people check out uh, more brutal moose uh, content and delights? Oh, if you must, I suppose you would go to YouTube.com/slash brutal moose. I was excited for Chad to ask you that question because last time I had you on a show and I asked you that question, you just said nowhere and then. <laughs> 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 and left it at that. I like that. Play hard to get. <laughs> trying to deflect a little bit less. Trying to go, you know, I, the concept of yes and I'll, I'll go along and just be like, no, yeah. you know, I'm no, I'm nowhere. <laughs> Ian, that's that's character growth there. Uh, be sure to check that out, and also especially uh, Ian's video on Escape from Horrorland, which. I, I would love to cover fully on this show at some point, but at least we got a little bit of a taste of it. I, yeah, if you like this show, if you're a fan of this show, you're going to love Ian's stuff because it, as we talked at the beginning, it's a lot of it is very Goosebumps and 90s adjacent. There's plenty of other stuff. It's not just that, but I think you're going to really like it. And Ian, I think your, your humor will ring true to a lot of people that listen to this show. So do check it out. Thanks. Maybe you guys can help me out with... Uh... The Animorphs TV show or something like that someday. Ooh, that'd be fun. Please. I've always wanted to talk about it. Never seen it. I would love to. It's not great. Oh, I bet. <laughs> it doesn't look great. <laughs> Who would know? It's hard to put on TV budget, Canadian TV, uh, a child transforming into a cat. It's hard to do. <laughs> Ian, thank you for, for joining us. And, and you know, we would love to have you back if you ever would enjoy suffering through another one of these with us. Oh, of course. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Ian. And also, hey, if you're enjoying this episode and you want to support the show, get access to the bonus camp episodes that we do every month, join our Discord, and get to vote on books that we read in the upcoming future, you can go to patreon.com slash goosebuds. We means a lot to us when you support the show and we try to make it worth your while. Please, please do it. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll sweeten the pot a little bit. You scratch our backs, uh, we scratch yours. Mm-hmm. Donate ten thousand dollars, get three free children. <laughs> three three thirty-year-old <laughs> children on a podcast. <laughs> we'll die for you. We'll fly right. first class.
Chad, do you want to talk us in? Because I can never remember how to do it. All right, I'll start with Stefan. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our Patreon supporters, especially those wonderful loves in the Book of Names. Book of Names! Uh, also, Paul's audio is dead. Sorry, so it's just me and Kevin. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Book of Names. You've already been here a long time. Stefan. Jive Turkey Kuwabara. Cameron Murphy Audio. Michael McDowell. Hey, Josh Rob. Mickey C. Nathan Dolezal. Kelly C. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Uh, okay. Mel Dipson. Zan Keith. Low Belly Hate Me. Afshin. Danky McStanky. Dango Twist. Brian Wells. Xanticles. Stealth Bates. Patrick Reynolds. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. John Keaty. Gaff. Third Sergio. New episode of Paranoia Shop out now. <laughs> I, I thank you for your name and contribution. Just want to, I need to put an asterisk. There is not a new episode of Paranoia Shop. Do not go looking for it. You'll be disappointed. So thank you for the support. Sniggy. <laughs> Ishak Arafat. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dice. Reinfected. Jar Jar Slinks. Justin Wagman. Chosen One. Cardboard Walk. Levi Than. Up and Champ. Jonas Engman. Alicia Grafe. Carl. Hey y'all, Broccoli here. It's been a fun year, but all things must end. Broccoli recipe incoming? What? Are you going to cook yourself into a recipe or are you just going to share a good broccoli recipe? Also, the year isn't even half over yet. What's happening? <laughs> Uh, it goes off the fiscal year. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Okay, everyone, hope everyone did their taxes. Uh, doctor, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, congratulations on your doctorate. Hell yeah. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Joe. Brooke X. Bezos Christo, a.k.a. Bezos Christ. <laughs> Christian Van Skever. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Love. Brian Hobgood. Zach Connor. Patreon underscore donator comma, yo. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost. Tierney. Trent Davis. Tom Whittem. Jonas Blatterman. Andrew Jadzak is wondering if Zankeith can consistently pull off their namesake's spinning pile driver move. If so, impressive. Lord Cornwallis. Carson Bean. Murphy P. Devin Ticklebean is your new best friend. Paul Grasso. Sean Minogue. Rushy Glenn. Ooh, ooh Glenn rushes in. Joe Regular Name Scott. Wiggle it! John Pigeon Hat Barber. Chipansom. Matt McClellan. Vincent Modica. Luke Knoodles. Alex Moon, the robot dog. Beep boop. Hugh Bolin. Sam Bambino. Sarah Kemp. Tanya Turtle. Adam Yakooft. Juan Jalapeno. Nathan Remick. Need more kimchi. Not for me, too spicy. I like the kimchi. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm a weirdo. <laughs> Keith Halcrow. I don't even like pickles that much, but kimchi is pretty good. Timothy Misa Delacus. <laughs> Clay McCarty. Matthew Stevens. Parker Lee. Reed Steubendeek. Ham underscore boat. My name is Kevin. Sometimes I edit Kevin Cole's audio out of the episode and put on a mask of his face and respond to Chad and Paul. Oh, I've got kind of a, a single white female thing going on here, Kevin. Thanks, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 Joey Evans. Raymond Hernandez. Flemily has BDE. Big dwarf energy. Hell yeah. The Crow Fens. Matthew Sutton. Carewise Gamgee. Lee Wood. Jeffrey Owen. Kahi. Swaggy Yolo Squire. Cameron Hansen. Kelsey Kinneman. Russell Casper. Xavier Jimenez. Brendan Arafin. Liam Neeson's Doe. Chris Petrakis. Scotty Pippen. Generally depressing. Dom Sexy Ghost, a.k.a. Captain Sick. Strick. Meet Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Ben Bohan. Dungeon Kappa. Boss Garretson. MC Hamster. 
Zach Weir, Limp, Duck, Alan G. Jessam. Hey, Anthony, it's going to be all right. And in parentheses, came out as non-binary, changed preferred name. You don't have to read this. <laughs> <laughs> really, should we do one with just the first part? Um, I, I, I said we don't have to, not that we shouldn't, but congrats. That's, that's true. awesome. Yeah, congrats. That's also, you know what? Yeah, I'm glad we're keeping this all in. Congrats. Love it's it. going to be all right. It is going to be all right. Hell yeah. Tobias Clark. Michael Kupka. Adam Booth. Eldon Slick. Great oh name. my God. <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be one of those like ulcerated tree spirits, but just a giant, a giant one. Oh my God. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> oh my God. I think it's going to chomp on your dick. Ryan Stewart. Andre Villanueva. Jonas Evan Voldson. Calamity Carl. Germ Juice. Nick Johnson. Stephen Day. Estebena. Lord of Paul's Pants. That's why Paul's not here. He's going back to fight to get his pants on. You back. can't podcast without pants on. Ugh. It's against the law. Ryan Carroll. <laughs> Jeremy Bowser. If that's against the law, send me to jail for life. Whoa. <laughs> the Davy Boy. Kenny M. Megan McCormick Mason. Dr. Diarrhea. Congrats on your doctorate, too. <laughs> <laughs> Such a collegiate, scholarly podcast we have. Ninja Breadman. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Scalafella. Got little old moi, pretty French. Peanutburg, level 69. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Lagooza. Lamb! <laughs> Dr. Chocula. Congrats, Dr. Chocula. <laughs> I bet Booberry is like a nurse, which is not, not a negative thing. I just bet they like work together. Yeah, Booberry does a lot of work, I feel. Booberry feels like it's more important to just like be up in front and dealing with the patients day to day. Fruit yeah. Brute's like an orderly, I guess. <laughs> Jimmy Soul. <laughs> Pair of Scots. Levi Kidder. Moon Juice. David Gray. Bryce Deary. Matthew Brittado. Carb Sun. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bundle. SSJ Trotor. Some of Chad's bird friends. Nicholas Maloney. Midwest Indigo 13. Thomas Jensis. Burgers Tildeless World. Whoa. Oh my god. Aaron Lord. Christopher Dunn. Eric Horwitz. Tiffany Lee. Mike Spaghetti Jones. Dr. Egg Drop Soup Man. Lucretia McEvil. Elm Realm. Mutant astronaut, also a robot. <laughs> Running out of <laughs> unique ways to say names. I think, I think, have you ever heard the phrase hat on a hat? I think robot and <laughs> astronaut might be too many things. I don't know. You know what? Everything I love is just hat on a hat. That's true. Yeah. You know, I used to get that note in writer's room sometimes. Like, you ever seen someone wearing multiple hats? It's hilarious. <laughs> I think that's a, Please put another hat on. It's funny. I think that's a very popular fantasy fiction character as well. It's just a skeleton <laughs> wearing a lot of hats. So I don't know. Hat on a hat might be might be actually be good. I don't know. You an astronaut, you do yourself, whether you're robotic or made of flesh. Either one. Reed Debshin. Henry Torbert. Adam Knapp. Chris. David Lynch, XXX, Brendan Fraser, 666. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Chick. Milk Punk. Skeletorin. Soggy Newspapers. Wagmar Wigmere. Dakota Camp. John W. Mr. Misfire. Mandy Nasty. Llama Lad. 976-Evil. Oh, what's the area code? Philip Reynolds. Kiwi of Lerv. Serial Killer X. Detroit Red. Nathan Gurney. R.R. Davis Crafts Reanimator. Oh, oh. Wait. Oh. R.R. Davis Crafts Reanimator? No. Yeah, I think so. I think that's correct, but you let us know. I think that's I think it's a play on HP Lovecraft's Herbert West Reanimator. But I don't know. I would concur. I would concur. Wow, that's brave of you. <laughs> Scott Wable. Kit Bush. Rocco. Benjamin Luther. Josh Hal. That's Dr. Mr. Unimportant to you. 
another doctor. God, this is just becoming a collegiate school of doctors. Um, Edgar Crassus. Ellie, safe. Also, by the way, we don't look down at any of y'all if you don't have a doctorate. We don't have doctorates. Liam Rogers. I just think doctors are cool. Yeah. Evan Bowen. Girthworm Jim. Dennis Wright. Jacob Rogers. Zach Bentley. Cameron Ganseveld. Vosivi. Matt Scepter. Greg Gervasi, a.k.a. Vitazen. Oh, yeah. Dakota Kipper. Greg Musto. Paul's proper prolific peener. Huh, we'll have huh. to tell him. <laughs> well, we, we have already, he already knows. It's prolific. Well, it's always nice to be recognized. Yeah, that's true. true. A- Anthony Rodriguez. B. Anne-Marie. Carlsville, except the pig girl, sold all of the lemonade intentionally. Makes you think. Odin's mm. underscore eye hole, MD. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's getting out of hand. Taraku. www.givecanny... <laughs> It's your own name. It's your own website. Shit, you're right. www.givecapamoney.com because monkey food doesn't pay for itself. It's true. Last last month I was given so many monkeys and now uh, I'm in debt. Even more so than I what usually do you really feed monkeys? Um, sometimes you gotta feed them other monkeys because that... Uh, oh my god. Well, it's well, got everything a growing monkey needs, so... Yeah, yeah. They covered that in War of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and welcome to the Book of Names. Hi, first time, long time. Hi, Allie Rose. Welcome, Sprinkle Buns. Glad you're here, Spencer Y. Yo, what is up, James Stavranos? Casual salutations, Gelato Coon. <laughs> Thank you all so very, very much. We could not do this podcast without you. We love you all. Love you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.